Ambition needs to be in the passenger seat, not in the driver's seat. Because when, when, when ambition drives you and you're along for the ride, you don't, you don't have your hands on the wheel. You think it's all, you know, because when I reach this and when I have this and then I'll be liked more, you know, the, all you just keep stacking up all the stuff that you think that that ambition wants. You need ambition, but again, it needs to be in the passenger seat. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey guys, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. What happens after 20 years in business and no exit planning? Evaporation. Well, that's the answer of Richard Walsh, author of Escape the Owner Prison and our guest today. We talk about the consequences of not planning for exits, how to build value in your business and how to best prepare for exits. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Um, I'm speaking with uh, Richard Walsh. He's the author of Escape the Owner Prison. And just before we kind of dive into Richard's background and the stuff that we're going to be talking about in terms of exit planning, I want to start off with a typical scenario. And you know, it's prompted by me saying to Richard, but a lot of business owners that I see, they suddenly decide, I've had enough. I want out in a year. I want out now. And they start to look around. They're not prepared for the exit. They start to look around for a potential buyer and just find tumbleweed. And, you know, or somebody comes along and, and, and Richard, you were saying they'd offer like 3,000. And then you realize that, well, no, I wanted a million, but <laughs> but but there's nothing there. You know, your business isn't, you haven't built value in that business. So um, we're going to talk about what they need to do to build a value, about how you can plan for exit. Um, so before we jump into all of that, uh, share some of your background, Richard, and, um, and, and some of what drove you to your own business life and experience that drove you to write the book, Escape the Owner Prison. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. And thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to me. I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've been in business a little over 30 years. Uh, I've had multiple businesses. My first business went almost 20 years. Uh, we had a big crash in 08, 09, and that kind of made everything evaporate. This is why exit strategy is going to be so important. That's why we're going to talk about it. I'll give you 20 years of no exit strategy and what happens. You know, it's called evaporation. Things go yeah, away yeah. overnight and it can happen. You know, we, we always think we're, we're killing it, making a ton of money. Things are great and it's never going to end. Well, guess what? All things end. So I learned that and I had a wife and six small children at the time. And all of a sudden you had to redirect and pivot was even a good word. It was like, you had to just like get back up off the ground, you know? So it was way, way beyond something that we've experienced in the last year or so with the COVID stuff. But uh, it was a big deal. And I really had to kind of look back and reevaluate what I did. What were all the things that I did wrong, you know, to get me in a position now where I was the top of my game, the best of what I did again, making great money. And then it just was gone. And that was a really hard lesson to learn. Uh, so I had to start over. So I flipped everything, started creating new businesses. Let's, you know, let's, I had document things like I wanted to look and see what really happened to me that I was so good at what I did, made money. And then it just was gone. And what I learned was it was a series of mistakes throughout the time, little things that you think you can, you know, you can push to the side of your desk, right? You know, you get the small stack over here that becomes the big stack. And pretty soon you realize that, you know, all those things culminate into like, no plan 
you know, all these little things that you need to stack and complete, you kept putting off because you can do that later. Or I'm going to do that when I make money. Like exit strategy, people start thinking about when they start making money and the business becomes successful, then I'll think about leaving the business, right? And that's the wrong time to do it. You know, so what I do now is I encourage people to start, even, even if they're planning on starting a business, that's when you start your exit strategy, you know, from the very beginning. So as I rebuilt myself, I said, hey, it's time to, I'm really good at teaching people. I want to save people a lot of time. You know, again, I spent 20 years building a business and it was gone. I don't want that to happen to someone else. So if I can compress 10 years for someone, you know, and save them 10 years of costly financial mistakes, bad decisions, you know, misguidance, lack of direction, the whole package, that's what I want to do. You know, and so that's why that's when I put together the ETOP stuff, you know, my escape the owner prison stuff came out with the book. Hit bestseller is great. I have an ETOP Academy where I now teach people how to scale and grow their business so that it serves them instead of them serving it. So that's basically the, the rundown there, Gavin. Fantastic. So let me just rewind to a series. You you look back, uh, you know, what what happens when you don't have a, um, an exit plan, you get evaporation, you look back and you identified a series of mistakes. So can we break those down and see what are those things that you learned that you should have done differently, what those mistakes were? Absolutely. First, you know, the thing was to like, my focus as many entrepreneurs is about making money. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, you really like, I'm in business, I'm going to make money, it's going to be great. And you know what? Gavin, I made a ton of money. Like every day, I just make a ton of money. And I'm like, this is just, it's like, you know, the golden goose kind of thing. I got this talent that I can do and I just make money and people like me and I do this great stuff. So again, I, I never thought about the end because I'm not a retirement guy. No matter what I'm doing, I'm never going to retire. So I, I, that kind of thing never entered my mind. And I was young. You know, started this right out of the Marine Corps. I was like 20 years old, you know, 21 getting going with this thing. And so I don't, you know, you have an invis invincibility kind of mindset. And so that doesn't matter. You know, that exit thing is 20. That's like 100 years away. You know, so I didn't want to do that. So what the problem with that was, though, Gavin, was I didn't have any clarity on where I'm really going to go with the business. Because to make money is not a goal. It mm. really isn't. It's only a mm. scorecard. It's not really a goal. It's not, it's not somewhere where you want to take your business. There's no, there's no true purpose behind that. There's no real mission on that. You know, I did want to be known as the greatest at what I did. You know, I approve, you know, I really wanted to, to build the best things I could build. But at the same time, I didn't set a strategy to where I was going to go and how I was going to get there. So if I look at the end, even if I pick 10 years, okay, I want to build a business for 10 years, but what does 10 years look like for me? right? Is it, how do you get out of the business? Do, what, what's the sale price? What kind of passive income? What's going to replace that business income? Yeah, I'm making a lot of money, but if I have to leave out of this, how do I replace that income, right? And what I found out was there was nothing in place for that, and that's a bad place to be. So you want to learn how to build passive income streams. How are you going to take all that great money you're making and actually have a plan for it? Right. So the key was like it's the Parkinson's law. Right. If you don't have a plan for it, it, it that too will evaporate. Then you'll just spend the money. And I did, I wasn't like Mr. Vice. I went to you know, Vegas and did dumb things with my money. I bought like equipment for cash. I mean, here, oh, 50,000. That's no problem. I'll buy another machine. I'll buy this. And you just get goofy with the stuff. And you think you're building the business when you could literally rent the same thing for, you know, four hundred dollars a month. You know, the season and give it back instead you drop 50 grand which could be building passive income for you right other investments so that was one of them gavin was really understanding where the money that you're making is going to go and how it's going to build towards your exit strategy because when i tell people that that's your ultimate business filter 
every business decision you make and then go into your exit strategy, does it get me closer to the exit or does this take me away from the exit? Mm. So that's kind of what I figured out. That was the big mistake that I had made, the biggest, I'd say, overall. I like, I like that point there. Every every decision needs to be filtered through. Does it get me closer to my exit or get me further away from my exit? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't have a clarity of vision, um, nor did you understand the sort of the numbers behind what, what am I, do I want to exit from? What am I going, what money do I need? What, what passive income do I need post exit? If I've sold my business or I've exited my business, what are you, what are some of the other mistakes that you made? One was, was my hiring process was one of the issues too. You know, oh, I yeah. wasn't, Early on, I wasn't about, now here's, this was my own issue, but I wasn't big on taking help. Okay. I'm a Marine. I'm just going to do stuff, put my head down. No one can work as hard as I can. You know, I do it the best. Again, this attitude that permeates your, your, your mindset, you really delay adding people, right. Who can help you like office managers, additional admin, even better, better talented crew, right. To, to build, to build my projects and things. And, and that slowed my growth. Because I'm, you know, beating my chest. I'm doing this by myself. I'm getting all the credit, you know. And I'm just being honest. Just as how I was. A lot of people, <laughs> but and I tell people, don't be me. Okay, do not be me. You want to look and hire sooner than later. But okay, obviously, it's with the background in the Marine Corps, though, it's all about team. It's all about working together. So I'm just intrigued by that bit. Why you didn't immediately want to create your own little troop around you and create a team to be able to do these things? You know, it's it's interesting because you still. At the same time as everything's a team, you know, in the Marine Corps, like you can have a Lance Corporal or a PV, uh, PFC actually run the whole show in combat, right? So it all does trickle down. So I was always prepared to take command. I get it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, you can understand, like I'm, you know, and now, wow, I get to run the show. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I want to, I just, yeah. I, again, it's, it's a shortcoming. It was a serious but, shortcoming. But to, to edge that, I guess, A, you wanted the opportunity to take command, but you also wanted the uh, accountability and responsibility of taking command. Right, right. You know, and here's the thing, like you said, and, and this is what I've learned. I mean, you've got to build the team, you yeah. know, a lesson I didn't take away from the Marine Corps, right? I should have understood that this is, you know, it's not one, they don't send one man into combat. No, no. Okay. So even, even, even the special operations teams, they have six, they have eight, you know, whatever it is, you know, and I, I, I kind of held to that with my crews. We stayed lean, we stayed mean, we got, we we're super efficient. We had the right equipment, you know, to automate ourselves and, and be more complete jobs quicker. And that was very good. It led to my profitability, but I didn't carry on that mindset into the office because I was never really a paperwork guy anyway. So you want to build those people sooner than later, because that's what actually gives you your freedom from your business. Great. So lack of clarity around vision and, and, and the exit and amount. Um, you didn't. You, t- you were too slow in building teams in terms of building the right people around you. What were some of the other mistakes that you identified? Purchasing. All right. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm building a business and we require equipment, right? So we'd have excavators. I, I did water features, right? Big custom water features and okay. steel sculpture and things like that. So, you know, again, I could rent equipment, for a season, because here we're in the Midwest, we've got seasonal. So we're off three, four months a year, you're not doing anything. So for seven or eight months, you could rent a piece of equipment that would cost you $50,000 to buy. You literally could rent it for eight or $900 a month and then give it back. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then get. And then you're not you're, you're not stuck with the, the, the cost uh, or the opportunity cost of, you know, over the, over the three or four months you're not working. Yeah, that plus the $50,000 outlay. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's money that can be working and making money. Okay, huge mistake on my part. I, I always I tell this talk about this in my book too. I was back in the early 2000s, and you know, websites were getting big and all that stuff. So I'm gonna I want an e-commerce website because I make these really cool steel sculptures and eventually want to sell them. So <laughs> I have to laugh at myself. I dropped forty one thousand dollars on a website. Oh my god, forty one grand. Right, right, forty one thousand. I mean, because you look now like you could do it yourself, right? For like you know, eighteen dollars a month or something. Okay, <laughs> but back then, like e-commerce was this whole—you know—you weren't just plug and play that. So I hired this guy, forty-one grand. He built this thing for me, and that was only one website. I had another one. I was at like nine thousand dollars. But so you had that, and then he actually got done with that. Looking at, and I was a—you know—I'm an artist also. I'm like, well, I don't want to make two of anything. I don't want to sell these benches. I mean, they're really cool. The one I did, but I don't want to. So I'm like, shut this thing down. I'm not doing this. So I literally flushed forty one thousand dollars. I mean, that's how you know, just Jeez. that's how liquid I was in cash. Okay, just and my my wife wanted to kill me, of course. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'll just go make more money. You know, but it was stupid things like that, Gavin. I mean, I'm telling you, there's there's a there was a level of stupidity that I I. I've gotten over the embarrassment aspect because I want to help other people, but I did some really dumb things, just really, really dumb things. Great. So purchasing. Um, but actually what we're talking to here is the point that so many business owners run their business off the amount of cash they got in the bank. That's it. And, you know, you were saying I've got loads of money. Not only have I got loads of money, I've got a good reputation. I've got, I can go out and I can, basically win more um landscaping water feature projects so i've got no you know if, I, if i'm going to drop 41 grand on a website and then shut it down it doesn't matter because i'll make another 50 grand next week anyway so or, or, and the rest so yeah it's a, it, this mentality of if i can see the cash you can see where the cash is coming from then it doesn't i don't need to hang on to it yeah no that that's very well said Gavin. that's that's exactly what was the attitude i'll just make more i need five grand tomorrow i'll go make five grand Mm. it was not a big deal to me it was just that's not a problem because you all because you, know? you were uh you had such a sort of track record of being able to you know do business make sales that there was never a shadow of a doubt in your mind that you wouldn't be able to go out and make another 40 grand tomorrow right a friend of mine a good good friend of mine you know good good business guy everything else and he had mentioned me it was like I'll say too casually. He had mentioned it too casually. Okay. Well, she would have been a little more assertive. He's like, you ever you think I think you kind of need a bean counter. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you might you might yeah. actually need someone to like, you know, like maybe slap you on the hand when you when you're gonna make those dumb, you know. But he kind of he just it was very a very casual conversation. We were having breakfast one day and it was just and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. But that was probably the most the most insightful thing that was ever given to me. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. There were some others, but that was like, yeah. you know, that one person, again, we talk about hiring people, that one person, you know, when you're rolling in that kind of money, it's like a, a great prize fighter, right? They make 25 million. Well, how come they're broken two years? Because mm. they don't have the guy. Yeah. They don't have anyone telling you you can't buy that. Okay. Yeah. You've got to look forward. You got a long life ahead of you and this is not going to last very long. Yeah. You know, your career. So very interesting. So other key lessons. So we've talked about clarity and vision. Um, we talked about um, the team, the right people around you. Um, we talk about um, purchasing. W what else? So what again, so, yeah, purchasing there. Another lesson would be, uh, I'll say life balance. Okay. I don't, I'm not a fan of the whole work-life balance thing because I yeah. think there's no real balance, but there's percentages. 
right? There's percentages in your life you need. You can't be all or nothing, yep. which I have, a, I have a tendency to be. Uh, again, it was having six small children in, you know, three years for me. It, wow. it gave me a new, a new kind of, you know, a new kind of um, uh, focus, a new, new awareness of like, oh, wow, this is three years. That's amazing. That, that was amazing yeah, was, in terms of the, the impact that's going to have on your work, your, your life, your ability to, you know, balance it, to, to be able to spend time at work whilst having to, to, to the demands of uh, so many young children. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, we had six kids and plus me. So I was the seventh child. That's my wife says anyways. I was the seventh child. But I would literally pass out at my desk. I mean, I, that, by year four, I thought I was going to die. I mean, I was so tired because I'd help at night, you know, and I'd work all day and I worked 14, 16 hours a day. And then so my wife could get some sleep at night. If a kid woke up, I took care of him, you know, and finally I put us all down on the family room floor and we're all up here because I'm like, I'm not getting up and going to different rooms and everything else. And it was, uh, but it was an extreme challenge just a function but then what i learned was my kids would they'd cry when i left you know even if it was five in the morning they'd be up they'd, they'd run and attack me when i came in the door at, at the end of the day and then when everything crashed gavin i realized like my kids didn't care what i drove didn't care where we lived didn't care what my business was they had no they, they like knew i did it and it was cool but all they cared was they wanted me around yeah you know, so that like gave me the big epiphany to like, I'm really going to shut things down and redo this because there's, there was no balance there at all. I was so lopsided that I, I, I told about my book, if, if I would have stayed on that path and say, I stayed this on the successful route going that way in the same pattern I was going, all my children would know when, when they grew up was business first and then family. Right. So everything would, would, would come second to the business and it's not the way you want to live. I can tell you. Yeah. So what do well, there's two points, two questions I want to come out of that. The first one is um, what was your subsequent insight being about the way that you want to live? And then the second question is, so what happened? You know, you were, it was all going really well apart from the fact that you were exhausted and then, you know, you, lo you lost it all. So let's go back to the first one. You said that's not a way you want to live. So what, what's your lesson, your life experience showing you that is the way that you want to live? So you have to shift the focus. Like it's, it's really good to be ambitious, right? As entrepreneurs, we're ambitious, right? We're, yeah. we're going to kick doors down. We're going to get them open. We're going to do things, right? That's what we do. And I, I get that you need part of that, right? But as I learned from a really great mentor of mine, that ambition needs to be in the passenger seat, not in the driver's seat. Well, that's when a good put, one. Tell me what you mean by that. Because when, when, when ambition drives you and you're along for the ride, you don't, you don't have your hands on the wheel, right? You literally can't steer. You don't, it's going wherever it's taking you. It's going to take you, right? You don't have a say in it anymore. When ambition drives, you don't have a say in your future. You really don't. You think you do. You think it's all, you know, because when I reach this and when I have this and then I'll be like tomorrow, you know, the, all you just keep stacking up all this stuff that you think that that ambition wants. You need ambition, but again, it needs to be in the passenger seat so that I understand, look, I got to take care of the family. Okay. Not just take care of them and take care of them. As, you know, again, I can make all the money I want. You take care of them, but you're not taking care of them. They want your time. They want your involvement. You know, I, I got to train my kids in sports. I got to, I got to, you know, help develop their character. We decided to homeschool our kids, right? So we got that aspect too. And we kind of flipped everything. Well, we kind of, that was our goal from the beginning, but 
you got to, you know, got to be really, really intentional on what you did with your children, you know? So I got to develop them in a different way that, you know, others would, you know, by giving them to others, so to speak, you know, like for us, it's the public school system, the state raising them, that kind of thing. I got to, I got to spend some additional time with them and really help them develop their character. And it was way more rewarding to me. And my other business began to grow also, you know, I just, I just put boundaries on it. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit then. So you said, use the word evaporate. So that sounds like, um, that's quite, quite, quite sudden, quite dramatic. What happened? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it, it, what happened was, and it was in 08, it was November of 08, and it was the day after the big election, and my phone started ringing, Gavin. Like, I had over a half million already lined up for the spring, which is really good for the previous year, and uh, so it means I would have a massive, massive year the next year, and the phone just started ringing. Everyone started pulling the plug on the contracts. Like, we're not doing anything. We're just sitting out. We're sitting out, and they were right. I'm not saying they were wrong. It was a very un, un, unsteady, unsure time. Everyone grabbed onto their money and sat on it. No one was spending anything. Well, because the Lehman Brothers was this? Was What's this, that? Was that because of the Lehman Brothers and the start of the, the crash? All that, yeah. So all that stuff was crashing. You know, presidencies changed, everything else. But it was like the next day to like no one had confidence going forward. Mm. Nobody. So, and again, I'm a luxury item, right? You don't need a water yeah, yeah. feature in your backyard, okay? Yeah, <laughs> you no, can yeah. you can put that on hold. And, and I did high-end stuff. You know, it wasn't like a couple gray. It was big, you know, big stuff. So, they and I, and I hung up the phone at the end of the day and I looked at my office manager. I'm like, man, weird. It's over. I said, it's over. There's no way. And so we within, built- within a couple of days, virtually all, if not all of your future pipeline of work just yep. disappeared. Gone. Just canceled. Gone. And then I'm thinking, now we're going to the winter. So we're in that seasonal aspect. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And now, and now I'm like, I got another look. Oh, and all this kit that gonna- you bought, all this plant, all these excavators, et cetera, that you bought. Right. There it sits. Boy, it sure looked pretty. And it's now Sitting worth nothing. Shop. Because nobody's right. doing the doing the construction work. Yeah, it's worth nothing. Exactly. So go back to when I said like rent that equipment. Yeah, yeah. No big deal, right? Yeah. yeah. Just give it back. <laughs> so now I'm sitting on all this stuff that I'm going to get thirty cents on the dollar for if I want to. If I wanted to sell it, all that equipment on the ground, do it is you're going to get thirty cents on the dollar, right? So it's it's a huge loss. But you got to get out. So I really had to, you know, I looked at it. We started milking part of 09. And I'm like, it's just we were crimping by on maintenance and some other things we had in place. But I'm like, it's just not happening. It's just not going to work. I, I just wait. I, I would imagine though that the marine in you would have just gone, "Come on, I'm going to knock more do- doors down. I'm going to, we're going to sort this." So you carried on as you, as you would do through right. the like the maintenance contracts, etc. At what point did you? Was it when you still were not getting the 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 new commissions, the new jobs that you started to recognize that you're not going to be able to live off maintenance contracts alone? Yeah, we we probably had an eighty percent loss. Wow, in new contract, you know. So you're yeah, you're scraping by, and it's just and that, and the other thing, yeah. At the same time, this is when I had the epiphany, like, well, you know, I built over a thousand water features. I've done all this stuff. I've had all these awards. And I'm like, am I done with this? I think I'm done with this. You know, maybe this is just that thing that's saying, you know what, you've done enough. It's time to do something else. Now it wasn't a comfortable. Um, <laughs> reconciliation. <laughs> it, was, no, but... it was very uncomfortable, you know, because it was costly. But, but, uh, and, but also uh, business and, fi- and and personal financial stresses. You know, you've got you've got a large family and a large young family at home that need to be uh, looked after. And yeah, it was that's what was kind of frightening, you know, because I had never been in that situation. I was yeah. a single guy to get married till I was thirty four. I was thirty nine when we have our first kid. So my wife had never been through the business building process either. 
mm-hmm. right? So you know, we go forward a little bit more. Holy cow! Okay, it's easy when you come in and things are going good, but if you haven't built the business, you don't understand. You don't understand what it takes to get something off the ground, and that that was quite a transition too. So it was, yeah, very enlightening. But yeah, it was it was a struggle. Like, what do we do? You know. So um, again, I'm kind of an all or nothing guy. So we literally we lost our house, everything else. So things were just. We packed up. I moved to a different state. Wow. And literally just we're going. We're just going to start over. Kind of went green. So were you effectively on, you know? bankrupt then? Yeah. 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 Wow. Without filing bankruptcy, but yeah, had enough to just and then selling equipment. So all, again, thirty cents on the dollar if I was lucky. You know, wow. had a lot of it, but still, it wasn't going to be. Uh, you know, it wasn't the future I had planned because I didn't plan the future. <laughs> yeah, back to the first point. So then, so you move state. And then you know, you're you're a you're a father, you're a provider, you're a protector. Um, you've had this massive shock or reset. What what did you grab onto to try and give you to claw your way out of it? You know, or or were you just of the mindset, great, I'm now looking for a new challenge, and I, I, it's behind me. I, I'm just intrigued by the moment that the. Having had that level of a uh, you know reset, some people would stay. What well, they wouldn't they wouldn't complete the reset. They get stuck in that kind of depression part of the scenario. So I'm I'm intrigued about the process that got you out the other side and starting to rebuild. Well, you know, and I was in that part of that. I was a little lost, right? Because I just spent 20 years with my. What I realized my whole identity was in my business. Yeah. Right. There's no more. My company's called Rick Rock. There's no more Rick Rock. There's no more. I don't exist anymore. I'm nobody. You know, I spent 20 years becoming the, and now it's like, um, it's all gone. So I, I had to, I really had to struggle with that. I had to realize that that, again, looking at, you know, what my kids thought of me, not what the general public thought of me and everything else. And I had to really like, I had to separate myself from the identity of my business and me, which is also part of that ambition and passion to seek thing. You know, you can't, you can't, I mean, so I, I, I literally did a video of me like burning all my uniforms and everything else in the bonfire. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going back to this. I'm selling everything. I'm like, I had to really, really separate myself from that, go through it. And I was lost for a, a short period of time. Um, and I was, I was always into fitness and I, I used to be a trainer and all this stuff too. I loved it. So I'm like, I'm going to open the gym. I'm going to start training again. I'm opening the gym. So I created a whole, a whole program and everything else, opened gyms and started that. You know, that was kind of what I got into next. I'm like, let's do something I really like to do. So I'll get into that. And it's still business. And I really like to do it. And then let me start to build that. So that was my next step uh, from there. But it was about two years, two years in 09 till I really figured out what I did. I kind of spent time with the family. We did some road trips. I kind of tried, let's just make this work. It's going to be a struggle. But my wife convinced me, let's go take some time. And we did a great road trip with all these six little kids, you know, like 40 days and do all this stuff. And we just kind of, kind of did, like you said, did a reset. But it was difficult in my mind because it was it was really again I was struggling with what I was, what I'm now going to be, what's the next path. It was difficult in my mind, yeah. So the reset piece would have helped. That forty, sorry, not the reset. That forty days road trip piece would have helped. Um, but at what what was the what stage did you know that? Well, you obviously need to earn some money. So you came back from the road trip and you went, well, what do I know? Uh, what do I love? I know gyms, I know fitness. Um, so that was it, just the obvious next step, or was there something that you needed to kind of give you a shake and a wake up to kind of get back on the horse? Well, you know what I did? I went and I just, I, I went to a, a local gym, um, it was a franchise one, and I started as a trainer again. 
I said, I'm just going to go like work out Stringfield. And, uh, you know, and I just, this is me again, Mr. Ambition. So in a year, I'm, I'm trainer of the year. Um, you know, the, <laughs> also, well, gee, I'm pretty good at this. So I guess I'll go open a gym because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a good employee for a very short period of time. And then I go start my own thing. So I did a boot camp style workout. So I took the Marine Corps aspect, all my bodyweight training. I created the whole program, kind of like a belt system for martial arts. So I created this whole thing and then got that. So I'm like that because I love business, you know, so I'm going to do this by myself. You know, again, I enjoy it's OK working for someone. But and, and that kind of flourished for about four years and it was good. But I got, you know, there's there's aspects of that that I didn't do correctly. And I, I kind of like, eh, you know, counting the 10 is fun, but that's kind of not my gig, you know, <laughs> so I want to do a little more. And uh, so I grew that a bit. And then I've also, of course, being in construction all my life, I started a roofing company as well. Okay. So I, so I got into that little construction company and then that started to flourish and that's kind of where I went from there. Great. So let's let's sort of jump now to talk about escaping the owner prison. I think that's a really good analogy that so many business owners do feel like they're stuck in the business to the point never mind exit that, that they they find it hard to take a vacation so um or to spend time with it with a family so what is it that you sort of lay out in the your academy in the book escape the owner prison what are the steps that you advocate for people for business owners to help them do that so first of all, even if people are in business i have my first section called concept of creation right so i almost take them back like we're going to re we're, you're going to start over Okay, you have you don't have a business right now. You have an idea, and we're going to walk through that. And some people think, well, I've been in business for three years, or four years, or six years. I said, well, it doesn't matter because all these steps are what you should have done in the first place. So this is going to help build your clarity on the business, your avatar, you know, who your ideal customer is, because they don't have any of that. You know, I didn't have any of that. My ideal customer, someone with money, that was my ideal customer. Okay, it's really stupid. Okay, <laughs> get to work for that. That you know, for twenty years. But then, so I help them do that, right? And then step number two is exit strategy. So we create the concept, who it is, who we're doing now, where we're going to go with the business, when we get now, what's that look like? And I, I really break that down for people so they understand. Listen, I need eighty thousand a month in passive income to leave my business. All right, how do I get there? What does that look like? How much do I want to sell the business for at the end? So I take them through. Do you want five million? You want ten million? You want hundred grand? What do you want for the business? You know, are you going to give it to your kids? You know, whatever the plan might be. You know, you have to you have to get clear on that total clarity on that. So again, it becomes that ultimate business filter. Then from there, we we go through each step. We talk about sales because most businesses fail. The number one reason they failed. Harvard Business Review says it's undercapitalization, which is incorrect. It's they don't sell enough product at a high enough price. Yeah. Okay, that's why you fail. You, I can give you money all day long, but if you can't sell, I'm never getting my money back. Right. So you need to sell. So we teach them how to sell. We go through aspects of that. There's marketing. There's there's branding. There's uh, hiring hiring a players. And I go through the whole process. So really, it's it's creating company culture. You know, then it's preparing to scale each level. So we go a zero to a million, million to five million, five million, to 10 million, and what that looks like and what you have to do to be prepared for that. And then there's a little key element I throw in at the end of each section before they go. It's now we sit down with the family and we're going to explain the plan. Okay. Because the family doesn't have to run the business. They don't need to be involved. Like my wife has no interest in my business. Okay. She's raising six kids. Okay. she's Please don't bother her with that. But they need to understand the mission you're on. Right. Because there's there's certain when you get to certain levels, you may not be prepared 
and, you, and the family may not prepare for the sacrifices that are needed to go to that level. And if you don't share that with them, you're going to blindside them. Okay, now you're going to have discontentment at home because they don't understand. They don't know what it is. They they can be your greatest cheerleaders if they know what to cheer for. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if you if you don't give them that, if you don't give them the plan, here's what I've laid out. Here's the research. Here's what we're looking at doing. Are we good with this? Do you have any concerns? How can I? You know what I mean? And that's that's a big part of what I do. Each level is like let's discuss this. You know, and break it down. So you're very because if you're clear. You can convey the message to your family and others. Fantastic. What's next? So you've explained to the family. Is that the final stage? So we've done concept creation, exit strategy, sales is a massive part. I completely agree with you about that. And then the onboarding with the family, explain the plan to the family. Right. And of course, you're creating systems and processes, right? Right. So especially in the beginning, all right, you, you want systems. You want to make things duplicatable, okay, from a staffing standpoint. All right. You want to create training systems in-house. So when that great, the best office manager in the world that you have who can do everything, okay, all you do is create a mini you. All right. You don't, I mean, you want them to be great, but you also want when, when they have to take a year off or three months or three weeks, you need someone to step right into that position and be up to speed in two days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if you don't have that training, and here's the great thing I tell people, I go, your people that you hire, We'll create those systems for you because they know the job the best. Yep. So empower them, give them the ability to do it. What technology you need? We're going to do videos. We're going to do you know written. How are we going to put all this together so we can help the, the company grow, right? It's all about getting every team member on the same mission. So we all understand where this company is going, how they're going to be a huge asset to the company, and how they're going to benefit from that kind of input. You know, Because people love to be appreciated, for one. But they also love to be acknowledged for their their um, their quality work, their ability, their the ability to contribute. Okay, and they want to contribute. It's not always about paying someone a lot of money. It's about giving them the ability to contribute because they feel needed. They feel useful. It's it's really important that you you learn that early on and you empower these people because man, they're going to take. Again, if you're the owner and you got to be out for a few days or a week or a month, these are the people going to keep your business afloat. You know, they have to have a real vested interest in this, man, and a love for what you're doing and to be able to carry carry the torch, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. And any of this, any of the kind of points on the in the process that you will advocate? I do a couple other things. One one thing I do is um, I talk about giving back. That's a big part of what we do, you know. So I, I, I always want to work that in. Um, and everyone's got their idea on charity and what they want to contribute to. And I don't tell people one one way or another. Right. I'm, I'm of the belief, you know, the left hand should know what the right hand is doing when it comes down to charity. Right. So I give to give. I don't give to get back. I don't want to go, you know, bang my chest. and give 50 million a year to so-and-so and this and this. Aren't we amazing? Okay. I say that for the big corporations. Okay. I go help the people that it truly goes directly into their hands and help in my community where my business is, you know, that's, that's where I help. And I'm not looking for acknowledgements, but that, in one way or another, maybe not monetarily only, but you get that, that pays back tenfold plus, right? So I teach people to get in that mindset because when you're serving, that's what your business does anyways. You're solving problems, you're serving people, and that becomes, a, a again, a part of the company culture, you know, and again, you involve the team, you get their their ideas on, hey, what do you think we should give to? Who, who do you guys have, you know, special things? And again, they start to contribute with that. That's another thing. And then another, one of the last things I do, and I really want to close to the last, but I talk about, I teach about freedom, mm-hmm. okay? And I teach about your business being the ultimate economic engine, 
right, Gavin? So the, this, the ability, I mean, if, you, if, if you're poor, if you don't have any money, if you don't have any opportunity, you can't help anyone else, right? But if I'm able to create massive income, I'm able to create opportunity for others, right? Now I'm truly giving, right? People think it's, it's not self-serving. It's like I can, the more I make, the more I can grow my company, the more people I can help. You know, and, that, and that's the attitude. But you need to understand that freedom is what gives you that. Yeah, and yeah. you can create more and more of that freedom by yeah. growing your business if you keep the mindset correct. Fantastic. Stack of value. And I'm sure there's a, um, even more of where this comes from in, in your book, uh, Escape the Owner Prison. So, Richard, how do people find out more about you, uh, the book, et cetera, and the, how you can help them do that, Escape the Owner Prison? Right. You can go to escapetheownerprison.com, real simple. Uh, everything's on there. You've got my top podcast. You've got, I have a free ebook, Build Value, Build Profit. Excellent book there. Of course, the Escape the Owner Prison book. And uh, yeah, that's, we'll just keep it simple. Escape the Owner Prison. Go there and go anywhere. That's fantastic. Richard, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed it. And a huge amount of value that we shared in a relatively short period of time. Thank you. You're welcome, Gavin. I love being on, man. At any time. I love it. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.